Uh, hope everybody out there is staying safe, especially in the Northeast with all this, with this snow. When the snow's down here in the DMV, it feels like it, you would thought it was the apocalypse. <laughs> they, cannot, they cannot handle snow down in these parts, to say the least. I mean, that wasn't, you know, you got a couple, we got a couple of inches, but man, you would have thought that we got three feet uh, of snow. But, you know, hopefully this is not a sign of things to come for the winter in terms of various snow. Doesn't just say, you know what, it's time to make up for some lost time and start hitting us, hitting us with these, uh, you know, barbantia, you know, hitting us to bombard us with, with a bunch of snow because God knows we cannot handle it down in these parts. Um, I am fine flying solo tonight. Uh, hopefully we get we get uh, Rob Sat back next week. Um, a lot to talk about with this uh, in week which, which, in, in week seventeen of the NFL season. It was a an eventful week seventeen um, to say the least. Um, the playoff picture got uh, got a lot more clear, and you know we now you know are that much closer towards. They'll find out who will be the 14 participants in the uh, 2020-2021 season playoffs. But still, one more week to go. Still a few things to be decided. Before we get to all that, we're going to start out with our usual who won the week. And to me, you know, Arizona, I thought about Arizona. They had a great win against against Dallas and in Dallas. But, you know, for uh, there's no question to me for the second straight week, that it was the Cincinnati Bengals led by, you know, Joe Burrow that won the week. Um, they clinched the division. They do it against, um, and they do it in style with a just classic win over the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, a game that you know had a lot. Of, it, was a, it was a fun game to watch. A very in, 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 intriguing game to say the least. Uh, to watch, they hold the Chiefs to three points in the second half. Um, you know, all the talk is going to go towards Burrow and a lot of the attention. It might be so Joe Burrow is a, no question a franchise quarterback, and no question is going to be a, a major player in this league for, for a lot of years to come. But that I, I got to give Kansas City defense, excuse me, Cincinnati defense the credit. Uh, Kansas City looked like they were about to put 50 on the board in the first quarter and a half. I mean, they were going up and down the field at will. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes, like I said, it was, he was, looked like seemingly he was headed for a 400 yards plus, plus passing. Instead, it's Joe Burrow who throws for over 400 yards in two weeks, you know, 971 yards passing in two weeks, four touchdowns, no interceptions for the second straight week. And really a flat-out outplay. You know, he outplayed Patrick Mahomes. You know, that's all there is to it. And give Kansas City all the – give Cincinnati all the credit in the world. They were down by 14 points three different times in this – over the course of this game, down by double digits four different times over the course of this game, and found a way uh, to win the game, found a way to, to claw back, and really a coming-of-age victory uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals who – have had some quality wins. I mean, they, we've seen them, you know, against Baltimore twice. We've seen, you know, now, you know, against Kansas City. Um, we know what they did to Pittsburgh, uh, <laughs> what they did, they did to Pittsburgh this season uh, and, and just embarrassed them. And uh, they are the, you know, AFC North champions, and they still have a chance at, at a number one seed, though, that's more than likely not going to happen considering what just transpired today. Uh, they said they're going to keep Burrow out and Mixon tested positive for COVID. So, so they, you know, they are they are fine with just being a top four seed uh, in the playoffs. And of course, they will have they will host a home game by virtue of the fact that they are a division champion. But again, Cincinnati Bengals, a, a team that can play with it on their best day, can play with anybody. Kansas City came in red hot. Kansas City playing, came in playing as well as anybody in 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 the in, uh, in the NFL, um, within eight straight, and uh, you know Cincinnati, you know Cincinnati bounced back in this game and really again showed some mental toughness because they got hit in the mouth. This was set up to be a heavyweight matchup. This was set up to be kind of like the you know the 
you know, young lion versus, you know, the old wood versus young lion. And I know Patrick Mahomes is still young, but Kansas City, you know, Kansas City has been dominant for like the last three or four years now. Cincinnati is trying, trying to get to that level. And it was Cincinnati that uh, came out on, that comes out on top and does it, and does it, did it with aggression, did it with, you know, Zach, you know, Zach Taylor is, you know, the coach is fearless. Uh, you know, he went for it multiple times uh, down there on fourth and goal, uh, down there as they were driving for the, uh, for the um, game-winning field goal. You see that, and, you know, a play that Joe Spagnola and Andy Reid, I'm sure, have a night, will be having nightmares about up until, you know, probably maybe for the rest of until probably tomorrow or even Friday is, I don't know what the coverage was on that third and 27 against Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase had over 266 yards receiving, was destroyed, just completely destroyed the Kansas City secondary. And you go, you go man on man against that guy in that situation. It just made zero sense to me. None. Somebody else would have had to beat me. Like I had T Higgins, boy, someone else would have had to beat me. I could not let Jamar Chase beat me on that particular play on that third and 27. I would have to make the tight end beat whoever. I could not let you can't let Jamar Chase beat you by going one on one by covering him one on one. You don't have Deion Sanders, you don't have Darrell Reeves in his prime, you don't have Rob Woods in his prime. Unless you had that type of cornerback, Champ Bailey, that level of cornerback, you can't cover this guy one on one. It's just it's, it's impossible. It's, it's just it's just not happening. Um, and again, they have a lot of weapons. So it is kind of trouble, it is kind of difficult to double up Chase because Higgins can 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 do damage, Boyd can do damage. They have weapons, and, and Burrow does not lock in on one receiver. That's the great thing about him. He kind of, he sees the entire field, goes through his progressions, and makes a, and, and, and makes the right the right read, the right play. But on that particular play, Jamar Chase can't be played one on one. It just can't happen. I'm not going to destroy Kansas City. They were due for a loss. Eight straight wins. It's hard, you know. It's hard to have those type of types of long winning streaks in the NFL. Um, so, you know, Kansas City is. I think Kansas City is still fine. I still Kansas City can still think Kansas City would be one of the favorites to get to the Super Bowl. But this is a. I mean, this loss. This loss can hurt because it's a lot different for Kansas City. We know that the room for error for Kansas City a little bit smaller a little bit smaller than it has been in past years, and we know that they've gone to the Super Bowl with home field advantage. They've had home field advantage the last three years, as a matter of fact. They, lost, of course, lost the championship game a few years back against New England and, of course, won, back, and of course, won back-to-back championship games, uh, conference championship games to, um, to get to the Super Bowl uh, in back-to-back years. So uh, I think that, if you if you can city, you know we'll see what happens. Uh, they will need some help in order to get that number one seed um, from Tennessee, who currently holds it. And of course, Tennessee has the tiebreaker over them in terms of the head-to-head because they beat Kansas City. And also, Kansas City does not have a good, despite having a, a very good record at eleven and five, does does not have. Um, they have, have they have not played well in conference. I believe their conference record is like six and five. So they had those two things going against them. As far as uh, the um, playoffs and home field advantage, home field advantage is important this year, uh, especially with the number one seed. Um, you want that extra that week of rest just from the wear and tear of 17 games in 18 weeks, COVID, all the various transitions these teams have had to go through with 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 numerous players whether through injuries, COVID protocols. Um, and the bottom line is, you you will be the only team to enjoy that week off. So I I think is more, I think more times um, I think the home field advantage is more important now than it has ever has been uh, for the number one seed. Despite the fact that the numbers tell us that you know teams have fared well on the road. I mean, team coming into this week. The number I saw that that home teams were only three games over 500 total. Total, I think the record was 113 and 110. It's not a big difference from last year, and we thought last year would be an anomaly because no fans and everything like that. You know, no fans and COVID and things of that nature. But it really has not been a big difference. 
big difference between this year and last year as far as home field advantage. Home field advantage just is not what it once was throughout the course of the NFL season. But again, in the playoffs, you still want it. I mean, you still want somebody coming into your stadium. So Cincinnati wins the week. Uh, we know Burrow. And, you know, if you're Pittsburgh, if you're Baltimore, if you are Cincinnati, excuse me, if you're Cleveland, you're looking at Cincinnati and you, without question, should be building your team in order to beat this particular team. If this particular team, Cincinnati, Cincinnati is not going anywhere anytime soon. And they're only going to get better as the young players develop. They have a lot of young talent on that team on both sides of the ball. So they're going to be around for a minute and a force to be, right, to be uh, reckoned with. Cardinals get back on track after a three-game losing streak. Uh, Kyler Murray continues to dominate Jerry's world and stand undefeated in the state of Texas. Um, very impressive win for the Cardinals. Uh, like I said, they came. It wasn't for just the brilliance of, of Joe Burrow and, and that just great win over uh, Kansas City. Then uh, Arizona would have been my team to win the week. Um, they go on the road. All you hear about how hot Dallas was and the Dallas defense and this, that, you know, Dax back. And, you know, Vance Joseph basically said, you know, enough of that. This game was won by the Arizona defense. The Arizona defense just, it was a masterpiece of, of a performance from the Arizona defense in terms of keeping Dak off balance, really contained the Dallas running game. Uh, you can hold Dallas to 22 points. Dallas that puts up 30 points a game, especially at home. And at home, they've been they put up some just ridiculous numbers. They are uh, they've been a much better offensive team at home versus on the road. Um, so, you know, Arizona goes out there and uh, gets a much need much needed win. Again, I listen. Uh, I, I've told this to Robert Sapp, and I said this all year long. There's two things about Dallas that always give me that will always give me pause. Um, number one, the game management. Uh, you saw that you saw it rear its ugly head in the fourth quarter, where Mike McCarthy somehow was baited into using a timeout when there was no way in the world that Cliff Kingsbury was going to go for two and not kick a, kick an extra point on, on a score. It just, it just wasn't going to happen. Like just, there was no way in the world. And Cliff Kingsbury, you know, I ain't going to say even roll the dice, but basically say, hey, well, maybe he will burn a timeout, burn a timeout, which we all know second-half timeouts in the NFL are like gold. I'd rather take a penalty than burn a timeout in the second half of, 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 uh, of, the, of an NFL game. And lo and behold, Mike McCarthy burns a timeout, they get the fumble late in the game that would have gave Dallas back the ball, being down by only three. And it, clear, and it clearly was a fumble, but it was outside of two minutes, and they had no timeouts. So they, couldn't, they could not challenge it. That's what I'm talking about. It separates a, a team with a lot of talent versus a team that is that versus a team versus a championship team that would not make that mistake. And Mike McCarthy's game management over the last, like his game management this year, his decision making, just situational football has just been, it's been terrible. And the only reason Dallas has gotten away with it because number one, the division is horrible, and number two, they have a ton of talent. They have a ton of talent on the team, and they have been able, like you know, Dallas has a has one of the best point differentials in the league. So a lot of their wins have come. Easily, they've won some. They've won most. Most of their wins have been easy wins, with the exception of maybe the exception of the Minnesota game when they didn't have Dak Prescott and the New England game on the road, which was a close game. Most of their wins have been easily have been double digits. Going, they've won most of their games going away in terms of their wins. So, but when they get in these tight and close games, um, McCarthy gets just completely gets exposed. And today, this game was no different. Again, Kyler Murray thought played well, completely, clearly outplayed Dak Prescott. I thought they did an excellent job with the, with the uh, design runs. Dallas seemingly had no answer for that. Uh, again, again, you can put up numbers. I mean, you you can score against that defense. Uh, Arizona 
did an excellent job at negating the, the, the Dallas pass rush by just running the ball, not so much running for running the ball for yardage, but just running it to keep them honest. And also, again, the design runs with Kyler Murray uh, really kept, I thought, kept Dallas off balance all throughout the course of the game. Again, that is not a lockdown defense. You can put, you can make some plays on that defense. They put Arizona probably left some points on the board. They easily could easily could have put thirty up, put twenty five points on the board without DeAndre Hopkins, who is as, as valuable of a receiver as there is in the league. Okay, to his team and what he means to that offense. So great win for Arizona. Um, they're not going to be a number one seed, but they still have a obviously they still have a chance. At a, they still have a chance at a number two seed. Um, I still have an outside chance at a number two seed. More than likely, they're probably. Not. I don't think they. Um, and I gotta look at the standards. I don't. I mean, fact, they might not have. I don't. I don't think they have a chance at a number two seed. Um, they probably locked into that. That four. Um, that four seed. So I, I, I really, I don't think that they, you will see Arizona play a lot of its players come this game. I, I, I think that they'll kind of take, you know, Kyler Murray has sort of had some injury issues. Certainly, DeAndre Hopkins is not playing. They probably want to get him healthy. As I look at the standings right now to see where they're at. Um, they are fifth. Yeah, and they're still behind Dallas because their conference record because the conference record. Um they more than likely would not catch the Rams. The Rams, well, I don't know, they still have a chance in the division. They still have a chance. So they still have an outside chance because they're only one game behind the Rams. And uh they can they finish four and two, they will I wonder what will be the tiebreaker. They will have um, the tiebreaker. Matter of fact, yeah. They play Seattle. Um, still have an outside chance. They still can get to a four seed. Um, but really slim pick. They they don't have a hard time cracking that top that top that two or three. Of course, Green Bay has clinched the. Uh, Home field for uh, in the in the NFC, so that's out. But um, I'm looking at it now for Arizona. Arizona probably is going to, at best will be a four seed at best, and they will know come Sunday whether or not Dallas. If, so if, if Dallas wins, then Arizona is going to be more than likely locked into that fifth seed. Um, I don't expect to see Kyle, if Dallas beats Philadelphia on Saturday night. So Arizona will already know uh, whether or not they really want to go play play a lot of their players or start wrestling people. Um, again, they have a the Rams have a better record conference record than than the Arizona has, but Arizona has a better um, division record. But if the Rams so if the Rams lose, and the Rams lose, I wonder what would be the tiebreaker. Um, they still no, they still have a they. I'm looking at strength of schedule. Their strength of schedule. So it depends on who the Rams playing. I want to say strength of schedule would be the last one. The Rams play the Forty Nineers. Based on the fact that I would have to get, and this is me completely guessing right now. Now, this now this is what happens when you start looking at these these playoff scenarios. You get thrown off either because of how many different scenarios there are. I, I'm just gonna say this: I don't think that they will play Kyler Murray uh, if the Cowboys, especially if the Cowboys win. I don't think they'll. I don't. I don't think they'll play Kyler Murray um, come come Sunday. Um, I need to look at the playoffs. I do now. Now I want to look at the playoffs in the so Maybe I'll, I'll maybe I'll check in, look at that, look at that um, later on in the, um, in the in the podcast. Pittsburgh stays alive for their keeps their faint playoff hopes alive with a uh, with a victory over the fading Cleveland Browns, who are going to have a very interesting, to say the least, um, off season. Uh, this was a game where. 
uh, was dominated by the by the uh, Pittsburgh defense. Nine sacks. T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt nearly broke uh, Michael Strahan's record in this game uh, with four sacks on his own. Right now, he stands at 21 and a half, just one sack shy of tying the record um, held by Michael Strahan. And again. Cleveland is just is is a, is a absolute dumpster fire at this point. Um, now, listen, you cannot. I'll say this: Baker Mayfield, and again, we we've known this basically for the for the majority of the season that Baker Mayfield will not be on the team next year. Again, like, yeah, this is it's not going to happen. I expect them to have a new quarterback. They're going to go after a veteran quarterback. They will be in the Aaron Rodgers. Russell Wilson sweepstakes. That team is too talented up and down the board. They're not going to waste another year under with Baker Mayfield. But Baker Mayfield is just part of the problem. Um, and it was called out like routinely over the course of the broadcast in terms of they just do not, they refuse to take advantage of one of the greatest strengths in, in professional football that they had, and that's their running game with their offensive line. The offensive line uh, is one of the best in the league. They can run the ball on anybody. Anybody they can run the ball on if they, when they put their minds to it. That game was basically, for the most part, a one-possession game for the better part of the game. And they, for whatever reason, want to, you know, put the ball in Baker Mayfield's hands as if he is, you know, Joe Burrow or as if he's Justin Herbert. Like, first of all, clearly May, Mayfield is hurt right now. He's going to have surgery as soon as you know. He's going to have surgery. He's not. He's not playing this week. The torn, the labrum in his shoulder is clearly throwing. Has that clearly has affected his play? Not to make excuses, but you know, it is what it is. So that's reason enough to to put more emphasis on the running game, on their running rushing attack, uh, than than anything. And Baker has just not had a good year this year. Uh, and that goes without saying. So, again, I don't understand what um, like I really don't understand what what they're trying to do. Um, I don't get just I, I just don't get their logic. I don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't get what they I, I don't get what they're trying to do offensively when it should be clear that they should be running football. Like this, like just running, just run the football. Now again, I know Hunt Kareem Hunt was out, but Chubb is still one of the best running backs in the league. Period. Um, so You know, Cleveland, they're going to – listen, I, I think Stefanski's going to keep his job. They made the playoffs last year, won a playoff game. And I'm not saying he should be fired, but they, they will have another quarterback. And they and you will probably see some changes with the offensive um, – in terms of with the offensive coordinator and things of that nature. You'll see some of those usual changes, some of those changes that come with the team. They, but that team, that, that team badly underachieved this year. There's no way – that team should not should not be in the playoffs. No, like the, that team was one of the most talented teams in the league. Easily, one of the five most talented teams in the league. There's no way that that team should not be should, should not be in the playoffs. Let alone have a losing record. Pittsburgh stays alive. Pittsburgh, of course, needs a lot of help to say the least. They need first of all, they need, they need Jacksonville to be Indianapolis, um, and they also um, and they need the. Uh, we need the uh, Vegas and uh, the Vegas game not to end in a tie. The Vegas Los Angeles Charger game not to end in a, in a tie. They would need. As I look here. I'm looking, looking at the standings now. Yeah, they would need Vegas and, and the Raiders game. Raiders game. Raiders not to end. In a tie, um, to end in a tie. No, I'm sorry. They need. They actually would need one. Need that game to end in a tie. Look at that. So Pittsburgh nine seven one. 
Like, yeah. So it, it's yeah, it's very the, the scenario is not going to happen like that. There, I, I don't see Jacksonville. Um, don't see Jacksonville. Don't see that happening at all. Don't see Jacksonville beating um, beating Indianapolis, even though they played them tough over the course of the last couple years. Uh, I just I just can't see it happening. Um, Pittsburgh again. Pittsburgh probably wasn't a playoff team this year anyway. I mean, Pittsburgh was tired. Pittsburgh wasn't a playoff. They are very again very fortunate to be in that position to where they um, to where they still have a shot. But you know, we'll, you know, crazier things have happened. We'll we'll see what transpires. Um, but more than likely. Uh, more than likely, the Vegas, the uh, Vegas Charger game will will be the decide the final uh, playoff spot. Um, the Saints in the AFC still have an outside chance to make the playoffs, though again, it's, it's highly unlikely. They still have an outside. The Saints still have an outside chance to make the playoffs. They would need, um, well, actually, it, I mean. They need to win, and San Francisco needs to have San Francisco lose. So it's not, you know, they just need to win and have San Francisco lose, which is not out of the realms of possibility, out, out of the realms of a possibility. And, of course, the reason why San Francisco is uh, in that position as a six seed and possibly out the playoffs is because the Eagles took out the Saints earlier this season. The Eagles had that tiebreaker uh, from that standpoint. Um, that the Saints could not finish ahead of the Eagles versus Finishing versus finishing ahead of San Francisco. So, listen, I'm not going to go through all these playoff scenarios. That you know, it, it will be, I'll be here till you know, 2023, going through all the playoff scenarios. But most of it, most of it has been decided. We'll look at the standings a little bit later on in in the podcast. Will or not, Jalen Hurts, a franchise quarterback, hurts this year. Um. Threw for over 3,000 yards, 10 rushing touchdowns, which is a rare feat. Played very well down the stretch, though against bad teams. Um, they, I, I think not enough is being talked about the Eagle defense. The Eagle defense is a legit top 10 defense. They, their defense played great down the stretch uh, on both sides, on you know stopping the run and the pass. Um, so not enough is, is being talked about. Listen, I, I like her. I think Hurts has shown to me that he can be a NFL starting NFL quarterback. I, I haven't seen enough to still to stay franchise. Right, so I think Hurts has bought the Eagles some time to possibly seek out their franchise quarterback if they so choose to go in that direction. If Hurts doesn't improve, he stays at this level. You still, I, I, I'm still not going to. He's giving them some time to build to to build up the rest of their roster. Put you this way, so maybe he's giving them. An extra year or two before he, you know, before he gets paid or demands bigger money, to where you can start adding some pieces in terms of the receiving core. You can start rebuilding that offensive line, a little, you know, tweaking that offensive line, um, and add some players in, in, in key areas that are of need before you have to pay uh, pay a quarterback franchise money. Because at some point in a couple of years. When it's kind, of, you know, when that you know, when that fourth year comes around, it's you know it's going to be you're going to either he's either your guy, or he's not your guy. Biggest disappointments. There were two disappointments that just you know stood out, and it really that like if I if I, I could have reached and 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 got and, and there have been some more disappointments, but these these two kind of these two so they sold themselves, the coach and the player. We begin with, we begin with Antonio Brown. So Antonio Brown, everybody saw what happened. With Antonio, uh, we don't have to rehash that. It's, uh, three years later. Here, here's the thing. I hear a lot of I heard a lot of angles being taken. Um, I heard people defending Antonio Brown, uh, basically saying, "Hey, if my employer fired me, I would leave immediately." Immediately, basically assuming that Arians told him to lead the field if he was not going to, if he's not going to refuse to get back in the game. Um, of course, there's speculation where, in terms of how injured his ankle was. I I think that's a bunch of bullshit because 
number one, he was playing. He looked fine in the game when he was playing. Two, you know, he ran out the field hopping and running and, and you know, doing through through the peace sign of the peace sign of the crowd. His ankle looked fine. So I think the ankle is just a way to try is is a way for his agent to kind of like take some of the heat off him and to try to paint him in, as this victim, which is in, damn near impossible. I don't want to hear about mental mental health with Anthony Anthony uh, with Antonio Brown. I, I really we can't we can't start weaponizing mental health when someone decides to show their ass. Um, it could just be very simple, simple that, simply that he's just a bad guy, and there's a track record and a litany of incidents that prove so. <laughs> like that, that, I mean, look, look at look at look at this man's track record. He was a professional football player. If you are a professional at anything, I don't care if you play football. I don't care if you're uh, if you work as you know if you're a custodian. That means you are a functioning human being. If you're a functioning human being, you know the difference between right and wrong. Okay? You know the difference between right and wrong and you can't do shit wild shit and then call and people call for you on it must be CTE or it must be mental or you know it must be something going on uh, with their mental health. Yes, there are a lot of of cases over the course of it around this country, around the world, where people are struggling with their mental health. No, no, two, no two ways about it, especially, uh, in the, especially the last two years uh, being in this pandemic. Okay, I don't doubt that for, for a second. I take mental health very seriously. I take peace of mind very seriously. But when you're an asshole, you're an asshole. Like, I don't, this is all there is to it. Like, it's just no, like, if somebody does something to you, if someone does something to you, you're not going to let them use the excuse of mental health as a means to why they made that decision. So, yeah, we can hold people accountable and still say, hey, it all, it, all of it, it, you know, he may not be in his right mind, per se, or, but still, he's still a, prof he's still a professional. He's still a professional. That's the key word here, professional. He's still a functioning human being. Okay, I'm sure Antonio Brown could drive a could could drive a car. Still, I see Antonio Brown. Antonio, if you can play football, then I like. Again, we gotta get away with this making excuses. Um, and again, a lot of you on here want to be have have just you know become doctors all of a sudden and therapists. So he got CTE. Really? How do you know? How do you know he got CTE? Now, another thing that I've heard a lot of from the Tampa Bay side, man, we, we care about Antonio. We really care about him. We want him to get the best. We want him to get all the help that he needs. We support him. Blah, 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 blah. And the, lead, the two leading, you know, the two, the two main uh, leaders of, of the We Love Antonio campaign are, of course, Town Brady and Bruce Arians, who, came, who couldn't be more full of shit. You couldn't be more full of shit than those, two, than those two guys. Because here's the bottom line. You used Antonio Brown to win a Super Bowl, period. If you really care about Antonio Brown in a real intentional way, then you pull Antonio Brown aside before he, and say, hey, man, we, look, we really need you. We, we're not even going to sign you. Um, we want, we, but we will do everything we have in our power to try to help you. Whatever you need. Therapy, whatever, recommend, doctor, whatever you, what do you need besides playing football? We're not going to sign you because we feel that we feel as though Playing football will not benefit you in terms of some of the stuff that you're dealing with off the field. That conversation will never happen in a in a gazillion years. Because the bottom line is, they used Antonio Brown as a means to win a championship. Period. Um, Robert Sapp made the point 
way back when when Josh Gordon signed with Kansas City. And I tried to make I tried to make to make the case that yeah, you know, this is good for Josh Gordon. He's he's in an organization that's structured and so on and so on. And Sap immediately was like, no, this is no. He shouldn't be playing football. If you really want to, and I think and I thought about that with Antonio Brown. Like, if you really want to help out either one of these guys who have had, you know, trouble with substance abuse, and Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown has just had trouble just with the law and trouble, you know, with all types of shit on and off the field, then they wouldn't be playing football. Then they wouldn't be playing football because clearly playing football has not cured their ability to make quality life decisions. Even when, even catching a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl, which Antonio Brown did last year, okay, February 2021, he caught a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl, and they won the Super Bowl. That still hasn't, that, that still hasn't changed anything in terms of how he behaves, in terms of his mindset, his mentality. Bill walks around entitled. Bill walks around as like the world owes him a favor. Still doesn't give a shit about anybody but Antonio Brown. That has not changed. Antonio Brown hasn't humbled him. I mean, you look at the press conference a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> they were talking about, are you grateful for the opportunity? Bruce Arians basically sticking you know, his neck out for you to, um, to give you another opportunity, despite the fact that he said that that was your last chance. And Antonio Brown basically would have had an opportunity to basically say thank you to Bruce Arians and, didn't, and, and, you know, and brushed it off. Turn you know try to turn it into a him against the world you know you guys try to create drama you you guys like drama and so on and so on so listen Antonio Brown is who he is um, I don't know what Antonio Brown's mental health mental health status is I'm not I'm not a therapist I'm not trying I'm not I'm not even going to begin to try to, to diagnose Antonio Brown what I do know is He's 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 a guy. He's a he is a uh, a thirty year old, thirty one year old, whatever. He, I think he's thirty one, thirty two year old man who has made a lot of bad decisions over the course of the last three or four years, and who, frankly, I wouldn't want anywhere near my football team. To be honest with you. But he, he someone else will give Antonio Brown a chance, uh, a, a shot. Period. I've heard, and that's another thing I heard. Well, his career is over. No, it's not. This is a guy who, think about this. What's worse, a fake Vax card or running off the field with your out shirt? Remember, this guy, had, he committed a federal crime. That, that, I, don't, I think, I don't, really, I, I don't believe people, people realize how serious a fake Vax card is. Like, that's a federal offense. That case is still ongoing. I mean, he has cases that, that are still ongoing that he could be charged for. You know, again, the NFL does not give a shit. Outside of murder, you can do whatever you want. As long as you have talent and can play at a relatively high level, help a team win, you will have a job, period. If we didn't see Ray Rice knock his girlfriend out cold on video, Ray Rice would still have a job. Not today, because that's been years ago, but... Ray Rice would have would still had would have still had been on someone else's team. Uh, uh, years after that, a couple of years at least, his career lasted at least two more, two or three more years. He would have got another chance, I should say. At that point, I, he was you know starting to, starting to, the wear and tear was starting to catch up as a running back. But he would have got another chance. If we didn't see that video evidence of him knocking his girlfriend out. I think his wife, even not his wife, maybe his wife. I think, I think she ended up, ended up getting married. So I don't see, like, I could definitely see a scenario. Remember, keep this in mind. Tampa Bay has yet to cut him. Now, he's not going to play for Tampa Bay again. They have yet to cut him because they fear that another team will, will pick him up, whether it be Green Bay, Kansas City, or another contending team will pick him up. So they know how the NFL works. But again, I don't want to hear this shit about mental health or or about we care about Antonio Brown. Please, give me a break with that. Joe Judge. Um, one of the more bizarre pleas for 
I really should be the coach of this team that I've seen in recent memory, um, where you basically go into a post-game press conference and basically tell blatant lies or say stuff that could not be proven or, or, or measured by wins and losses. Uh, we have a culture, a foundation that's developing. We have guys, we have other players from te- other teams that left here who are basically begging to play for us that took more money to go elsewhere. So, so you're telling me that they took more money and they want to come back and play for you when your team is 4-12, and 12, right? And you have nine double-digit losses, including six in a row, okay? Again, if delusion would like if delusion had a face, it would be Joe Judge because that I if I were the, if I was the owner, I would have fired him on the spot. I would just got I would just got rid of him on the spot. Because there's no way that this guy could leave my football team with this level of delusion. It's nothing like I can't. Like you you clearly you think we're good. You think we're a good team. You think you're good. You think you're doing a good job. So, and again, throwing pre, you know, Pat Shermer under the bus, around the bus, through the bus. Um, it, it was it, it was something to see, and I, of course, in New York, rightfully so, had a field day. Uh, the back pages had a field day. The the media, radio, podcast had a field day with Joe Judge. He gave he listen. He provide he provided content. They haven't provided any wins or any first downs or negative 10 yards passing in the game, which is almost impossible in 2021, in 2023 NFL, impossible to be negative yardage in in the NFL football game. So, you know, if you think your coaching situation is bad, look no further than, than, than Joe Judge in New York. And I want to say this. Those days of the rah-rah coach in professional sports, those days are those days are in, in professional sports. Maybe you can get away with that if you are, you know, Nick Saban or somebody of that stature at the college level. But in professional sports, the rah-rah coach is dead. That day is done. It's done. You can't like it's it's just you're not you're not Dan Campbell that you know it, you know Stan Van Gundy. Those guys are dinosaurs. In terms of their approach, approach to coaching and trying to manage egos and manage these personalities, and you know, it's about relationships. It's about connecting. It's about can you emotionally connect to another human to fifty three guys? Where is your emotional connection like? And then we can start talking about X's and O's. But again, these were the. I mean. These two stood out. Like, There's no two ways about it. These, these were two of the biggest disappointments of, of the entire season. Along with the Raiders, you know, celebrating, you know, at Kansas City's uh, circle uh, or on their, you know, their logo before the game. That, that, that probably will be pops probably the biggest disappointment of the year. That's going to be up there. All right, so here's where we stand with the playoffs. Green Bay, of course, all all the teams that I have in boldface, in dark in, in dark letters, have clinched. So you have one one spot open in the, in the NFC, two spots still alive in the AFC. Um, Green Bay has clinched the one seed. Uh, lot Aaron Rodgers wants to pad his stats for the MVP. For the MVP, that's the only reason that, that you even dream uh, of playing him in this Detroit game. I would not play him in this Detroit game, but it sounds like he's going to play at least a half in this Detroit game. Again, he wants to pad his MVP stats. Oh, he wants to go with 4,000 yards and as close to 40 touchdowns as possible. He, against Detroit, you might could get five touchdowns and a half. Who knows? Um, Tampa Bay, and you have Tampa Bay and, and um the Rams for the number two seed. Again, I, I think you're going to see a lot of these teams. Rest. I think 
You can see Tampa wrestling some players. You can see uh, Arizona, Dallas, probably quite possibly wrestling some players. Um, home field advantage minus having minus the bye week really does not mean that much, to be honest with you. Um, again, I know Tampa has been great at home, but Tampa Bay, they're built to win anywhere. They can win anywhere. You have Tom Brady. You have a, a defense that can uh, – a physical defense. You have championship pedigree. They can win anywhere. Um, Arizona needs to get healthy. Um, Dallas is getting is getting healthy, but who knows? Again, they – you know, they, you know, who knows how hard they want to play, how hard they will go and try to play that game um, and, and try to play that game. And again, Arizona, I wouldn't surprise Colin Murray if they sat Colin Murray. But, uh, again, uh, you have San Francisco. San Francisco's win. If they win, they're in. It's just that if they lose and New Orleans wins, then you have the Saints. And then the Saints will be the uh, – then the Saints will be the number seven seed. The, the number, yes, the number seven seed. Um, AFC, you have a number, you should, so you have four teams that are still alive for the number one seed. Tennessee, Kansas City, um, Tennessee, Kansas City, Cincinnati, and New England. Buffalo cannot get the number one seed because, of course, they lost to Tennessee, and they cannot, even if Tennessee lost, they would still finish ahead of Buffalo. So Buffalo is eliminated from the number one seed, but they still are in the mix to move up. Uh, be very again. Kansas City is still in the. You still have, of course, Indianapolis. Um, if they win and they're in, and Pittsburgh, of course, has faint hopes. Baltimore basically has no. Well, Baltimore, I don't know why. I, yeah, Baltimore has, has basically next to no chance to get in, and of course, Vegas and the Chargers are playing a. Uh, play, you know, basically a win or a win or go home type game, unless, unless, um, unless it's a tie. So basically, the 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 Vegas Charger game will be a basically a win or go home game. Um, very surprised, shot if Indianapolis does not handle business versus. Uh, Jacksonville. Of course, doubleheader, week 18, we've been pumping it up for like the last two weeks, three weeks, the biggest season ever. Uh, you have a prime time, you have a doubleheader, Dallas, Philadelphia at eight, it's at the, the night game. Can't see them, it will be the day game on ESPN. And then, of course, San Francisco, the Rams. Rams have lost to San Francisco five straight times. Rams trying to... Um, Maintain that number two seed. San Francisco is just trying to get into the playoffs. And, of course, the Chargers and Vegas on Sunday night football. Real thoughts, a couple of, couple of non-football thoughts, well, non-NFL thoughts before I let you go. Uh, of course, national championship is coming up Monday, Alabama, Georgia. I expect this game will be closer. Uh, I'm not going to make the same mistake. And bet against Alabama. I just, it's just not, I'm just not going to do it. Again, I, I think this would be, I, I think the first game was an aberration as far as, I don't think Alabama will manhandle Georgia again like that. But I do think that Alabama, that Georgia just, just doesn't have a matchup for the speed Alabama has with those receivers. I just don't think the, the, the Georgia strength is, is, uh, is with their front seven. It's not with the back seven, with their secondary. They lost a lot of Remember, they lost a lot of secondary players to the NFL. Between transfers and the NFL, they lost a ton of talent uh, on that secondary. I think two of two, two their players even got drafted. Um, Stokes, of course, for the Green Bay is, is a first-round pick. Yeah, he was a first-round pick and has, had, you know, played, has played great this year for Green Bay. Um, and Bama's Bama. I mean, saving in these games is, you know, I mean, like, I mean, national championship games are saving loss. You know, he's, what, 72? They lost to uh, Clemson and I believe they, they've only lost once under saving in the national championship. And that was Clemson in uh, no, they lost twice to Clemson. 
Yeah, Clemson beat them twice. My bad. Because Lawrence beat them, got him once, and Deshaun Watson got him once. So this, they Saban in his career is seven and two in these national championship games, six and two at Alabama. Um, and I think after Monday night, he will be, it will be championship number eight, championship number seven at Alabama. John Morant has taken that, has frankly just taken the next step, and is headed towards, you know, star superstar status. Uh, you know, not this year, but. He has that potential. Um, he's going to be an all-star this year. Has a chance to be all-NBA, uh, at least second team. Um, and you look at how fearless this guy is. Look at how much his teammates love to play with him. He's improved his jump shot. Great energy, night in, night out. And with that, he still plays relatively under control for someone who is probably now, probably the most, I think, I think, I think he's replaced uh, Westbrook as the most athletic point guard in the league. I, I don't think that's actually a debate right now. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Westbrook, you know, struggling to finish at the rim, uh, but and he and John Red just, you know, destroyed the Lakers last week. Had a stretch of four straight thirty-point games. Had again, had his way with Brooklyn. Again, Memphis has a lot going. They have a lot going on for the, for themselves, considering they have a number of pieces that they can they can possibly if they want to in a trade deadline make a move. A lot of young pieces, a lot of young talent. They'll be around for a while. Like they've really actually developed guys. They their younger players have actually developed um, to the point to where they cannot just be just dismissed as a bottom half as a bottom feeder in the Western Conference, or as a playoff team, uh, also as a playoff team, or that's one and done. So just a couple of thoughts. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Real Deal Podcast. Enjoy the rest of your week. I will have this podcast up later on this evening, so be on the lookout for that. So 